2: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, brought to you by Wild Edge Inc. If you're new to the show, welcome to the podcast where we try to inspire you to get outdoors and chase your passions, chase your dreams, and we do that here by sharing awesome stories from all over the globe—from Africa to Canada—we got it all. No subject is is uh, safe. And we just seek to bring the the, the most awesome experiences we can find, the most awesome tales, chasing tales, we possibly can. So thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Walt. And before we get to the show today, I just want to say thanks to Wild Edge Inc., the title sponsor of the podcast. They have the most simple, effective, and efficient way to climb any tree you need to. I encourage you to go check out wildedgeinc.com and use the promo code CHASINGTAILES. 10 that's chasing tails one zero to save fifteen dollars on any order of steps i believe without shipping it's like ninety five dollars for a set of eight and a bag and i can assure you that with a little bit of practice that will do everything you need it to and more we've got some exciting things coming down the pipe in fact i've got a video camera now and i'm working with a couple guys to put together some awesome videos for you all so stay tuned to the youtube channel and, and, and be plugged in so that you don't miss any of the excitement that's coming down the pipe my my Florida door deer season is well underway, and uh, before too long, hopefully, we'll, I'll have my own stories to share with you on the show. And with that, let's get to this week's episode. All right, guys, well, we're back with another episode, and I am thrilled. I've got another guest co-host, Chase. You've heard him on the podcast a couple times now, my good buddy down here from Gainesville. As good a, as good a best buddy as you can have from, from this, the area of Gainesville, I, I, I imagine, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, he he's going to guest co-host today, and today's guest is Jeff Moran. How are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing great. How are you guys?
2: I'm good, man. I'm good. It, college football is uh, not the topic of this podcast, but it's something I, I believe the three of us are all uh, uh, heavily invested in. I believe you're a, a Michigan fan, right?
0: Yeah, was yeah. or are. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Been a rough week. <laughs> Put it
2: that way. Yeah, man. Well, look, it, it it could be worse. You could be a Tennessee fan.
0: No, that's true. <laughs> <You should> be <laughs> a volunteer. <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
2: well, uh, today we're going to be talking uh, western hunting. We're going to be talking uh, a little bit of fitness. Uh, I imagine this conversation will kind of bounce around uh, through a, a variety of topics, but the 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 majority of it is going to center around. Uh, hunting and fitness in the hunting space. Um, but before we get to that, Jeff, why don't you kind of give everybody a, a, gl- a glimpse as to who you are and uh, what you do uh, in the outdoor industry? Uh,
0: so I guess I've really only been involved in the outdoor industry about three years now. Um, i grew up out west grew up in uh outside of boise idaho um so i've always been kind of a a western mule deer and and elk hunter for the most part um although i did do a lot of whitetail hunting when i was younger but it's it's totally different up there in the uh the northwest that's more spot and stock kind of stuff so um harvesting elk and going elk hunting and everything was just something the normal and then when i came out and i i moved east i guess for for my current job. So after I graduated college from Boise state, I, I do a lot of sales in the, uh, alarm and surveillance industry, I guess. And, um, uh, and I started in the, the hunting industry a couple of years ago and, and I was doing business relations stuff where, um, I dealt with a lot of sponsorships, um, big companies setting people up. Um, I did a number of contracts for different people where got them sponsored, got them set up on different plans, got them gear, promoting different products and marketing and that sort of thing. And then eventually I, I uh, because I've always been into fitness, I was, a, uh, an athlete growing up, um, played football, baseball. My shoulder actually exploded before I could go to college to play baseball. Um, Yikes. but I've always tried to, to stay on the healthy side and, and it, it translates back and forth, uh, especially in the Western hunting world. And, um, so I, I ventured out. I guess on my own. And I started, uh, since, well, in Boise, Bodybuilding uh, bodybuilding.com, uh, started out there and they're kind of the, the world's largest like supplement retailer site. Well, that right. industry can really have that, um, to be able to go to a, a one-stop shop per se and be able to look and research everything that that's out there and what's going to work best for them and ask nutritional questions and, and figure out why, like people who are trying to, to lose weight, why they can't, um, people trying to gain weight like myself like i spend all year trying to gain weight and sometimes it comes down to the food and nutrition it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with supplements so um we kind of built this retail resource platform for everybody to come to and and uh, go from there so that's it i do a lot of western hunting and go back and forth now i'm in tennessee so it just kind of depends on the time of year when i'm going to be where and what i'm doing but yeah so that's that's the base of it
2: so, well, well, I'm new to the uh, outdoor industry as well, so welcome welcome to, to, the, to the world. Uh, is it everything that you thought and dreamed it would be?
0: <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot more politics involved. <laughs> I will tell you that. I did not anticipate some of the politics on that sort of thing. The, uh, the Hunter, I guess, is more of a, uh, I guess, tunnel vision almost. Where we were blue collar, um, same type of lifestyle, Everybody, but it kind of, they work hard. They put in their 40 hours and or 60 hours a week and they go home and they, they have dinner with the family and hang out. But the uh, when you get into the upper scale of things, there's a lot more politics involved than, than I ever anticipated. But other than that, it's great. The people are great people love to, to hear different things. They, they love to ask your opinion and questions and, and I enjoy helping people. So um, it could go anywhere from whitetail hunting to meal deer to, to elk and what's going on right now in September. I know this year is a little different than past years. A lot of people are having problems. So my phone's blowing up daily with how do I do this? How do we get elk in? And, and uh, we have a buddy heading West right now, Tyler, who uh, apparently the elk aren't talking yet. So hopefully when he gets there, he's going to have a little better luck than most people.
2: <laughs> you talking about all tricky old Tyler yeah. Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, he should be on the road right now. Shouldn't he?
0: Yeah. I think they left yesterday. Yeah. Um, I believe so. Yeah. They got a 33 gonna, hour drive ahead of them. Yep. He's going to get there and they're going to be tired and then they're going to see how big that mountain is. And they're going to be like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude well uh, briefly um out of curiosity you said that you know you chased whitetails pr- prior was that done in a you said spot and stalk is that because the terrain's open or is that what w- what causes that how come tree hunting wasn't a uh or blind hunting wasn't a uh,
0: an option i mean i guess you probably could do some blind or, or tree hunting out there out west but i mean everything's open country um public land out west and so you and you're you're climbing big heavy mountains um wooded terrain that sort of thing so we or you go from wooded terrain to big open hillsides and so in the mornings you'd see the whitetail come out across there and you try and stalk in on them and make a shot i didn't bow hunt back then but um i'm sure that guys in a lot of public land areas they'll have tree stands up just like they do out east and in the midwest but the uh the whitetail hunting out there is way different than what i've done out here in ohio and tennessee and and even florida um that's that's a whole other story but (laughs) now now Jeff, the the western whitetails are quite a bit different um i wish there was more people going out there to hunt it's whitetail out West and, and taking it's videos and, and doing episodes, but uh, to kind of show the difference in, in what it is, don't they know?
3: Now, when you say out West, now, what, what do you mean by out West? Like what States are you talking about that, that you hunted in the past for whitetail?
0: So I'm talking about like um, Montana. Um, I know that they do the same kind of hunting out there in like North and South Dakota. Um, where it's like wide open flatlands and there's no trees or blind situation anywhere. So it's kind of spot and stalk. Um, Idaho, northern Idaho is heavily populated with whitetail. Um, and I think like the Washington area is, is pretty thick and dense with whitetail also.
2: So uh, you you mentioned Montana. Doesn't Mark Kenyon hunt from a tree up there? Are there areas where you, I guess the two, the still hunting and the spot and stalk could kind of cross over?
0: yeah um i mean you could do that pretty much everywhere up there but it just is a matter of getting up and like actually scouting it out and all that sort of stuff we're out here in the out in the midwest and in the east like everybody has their properties that they go to and they have their food plots and they know what the deer are going to do and everything and and they know the routes that they're going you might know their routes that they're going out in in the mountains but there's no food plots there's no um general path that they're going to be going through there's no like cuts of timber where you know that the whitetail are going to come through so it's uh it it, it's more like mule deer hunting to me when when i've done it but um i do know there are some people that will sit up in stands if they have properties or they know where they're coming through at but um yeah it, it to me it was more like a mule deer hunt than it was the type of whitetail hunting that you do out here
2: so, building on that discussion, you know, us flatlanders out here, um, and you know firsthand just how flat the state of Florida is, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we get some elevation off the ocean as well. You know, we get 20 or 30 feet of elevation, yeah, which is 30 feet almost almost unbearable in most cases, Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Unbearable. I mean, heat he adds to that. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. The the unbearableness comes not from the elevation. The uh, being, mountain's be, a landfill. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, What? Well, I'll just cut right to it. You know, self serving here. Chase and I are talking about going west. You know, we're talking about coos deer. We're talking about mule deer. Literally, everything's on the table. And the biggest uphill battle (pun intended) that we have is the elevation difference from here to there. Is there anything at all that can be done to prepare for that in Florida? I
0: I mean, I did it regularly, but I mean, I've I've come from out there out west. So my thing is, um, and I don't know if you read that article that I sent over to you guys, but – from a preparation standpoint, people, your lungs are going to have a hard time no matter what. And I, I know people will try to use those little face mask things to make you look like the Batman character, Bane, uh, Bane, um, which my dog is named after. But um, that's awesome. Those, <laughs> they, to me, they don't they don't work because they they make it hard to breathe. They don't restrict the actual oxygen that's getting into your lungs. So. You're just going to have to work for it. It's, it's something where when you get up to the higher elevation, there is going to be the air thinner. So your body's going to have a little bit of time adjusting to it. Right. But as, but you can, you can prep for it physically. Um, muscles, uh, training, running back, uh, shoulders, legs, obviously. Um, but as far as that actual elevation change, it, it does take a little bit of time. I know my first day every year, I, I basically go in there and I work really hard the first day, like probably over exhaust myself to make myself like catch up quickly. Um, and then after that, you get your legs and your lungs underneath you and, and you're good to go for 10, 12 days. But um, there's the physical preparing for everything, which I guess we'll get into, but um, your lungs are going to be your biggest issue, especially coming from Florida because the air is heavy um thick when you get out west and you get up into the mountains i mean it's great it's completely different but it um your lungs take a little bit of time to to catch up
2: well unless you object chase i kind of like would i'd like to chase this a little (laughs) pursue this a little further down this path of, of that preparation of the fitness component of it because you know i i think that i could do so i like benchmarks personally, when I work out, right? Like for me, it's like, my idea is I can't visualize that mountain. I can't like fathom when my, my uncle who lives in Colorado tells me that as you're driving up to Denver, you think there's a storm on the horizon the first time. And it's not a storm. It just slowly gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the mountains, right? Like I can't fathom that style (laughs) of elevation. Right. Right. So I, I, I find a hard time myself saying oh well i ran five miles without stopping and it was a seven mile run right like is that enough so what kind of benchmarks would you like to see uh from a couple of florida crackers coming out to colorado or idaho what what would you be looking for here to say okay they might
0: have a chance there so first of all you got to figure out your time frame to me uh if you're going to go for 3 days versus 7 to 10 days it's a little bit different story okay um, so figuring out your time frame and where you're going first is is going to be your key component because Arizona if you're going to go into the Flagstaff area or whatever and you're going to hunt coos deer or the elk out there that elevation in those mountains are quite a bit different than what you're going to see in in uh the Sawtooths or the Seven Devils or anything like that in Idaho um <clears throat> the elevation is a lot higher, but also your grade of incline. Um, I think I had mentioned in that article, like my average incline in the area that I hunt is little over 30%. So, I mean, I'm hiking straight up and down where you can go. So understanding where you're going to go is going to change how you prepare for your hunt. So um, where you talk about running seven miles or running with a backpack full of weight or something like that, if you're on more flat, open, Territories, something, um, the Dakotas, some of Montana, that whole um, down into like New Mexico, um, Arizona, that sort of thing. You're going to be a little bit better off when you, with some of the running and the endurance type stuff. Okay. But when you get up, and so when you're running, and you're, I guess, from a bench point or benchmark standpoint, you're, you're going to edit. If you're going to work on legs, obviously, everybody wants to talk about legs, but then you have to go from a, a back and, and um, shoulder standpoint. And the reason I say that is because if you're only going for three days, um, maybe your back and shoulders aren't going to be as big of a concern as if you're going to go for 10 days or 12 days. Um, if you got a 40-pound pack on your back for 10 straight days, it, it wears on you heavily. Um, and so making sure that you're adjusting to – the terrain and, and where you're going and what kind of incline and everything else that you're going to deal with is going to make a huge difference on on your success physically. Okay. Um, I guess if that makes sense.
2: From that standpoint, you're, you're saying it's important to kind of refine that, that maybe that's too broad a question. Um, I'm going to Colorado in 2019. Let's just take that for example. and okay. And we're going to be hunting uh, a spike camp, hiking, okay. Uh, Out of that spike camp every day, well, to the spike camp, we can drive uh, almost, almost. So there's there's very little distance from there to the spike camp. We're going to hike about five miles in to the spike camp, four to five miles in, and then hunt that general area. But we won't be so far away that we won't be in town every, like, three or four days. Does that make sense? Yeah. So... For that style of – oh, and while we're while we're doing the majority of our hiking, it's bare necessities, you know, bow, game bags, knockers, and, you know, knife basically, rain gear. So you're looking at like a 10, 15-pound load during that time period.
0: What oh, – it's going to be more than that.
2: Okay. <laughs> so what, what do you anticipate um, – what would you be looking for for that kind of scenario?
0: So – for me, yeah, you're going to start with endurance, um, to, I guess, once you get your lungs and everything underneath you from a, a workout standpoint, whether that be running, um, some guys like myself, I do more like hypertrophic workouts, which is very, or hit workouts, which are really high intensity, um, interval type training, but I'll just go from like one set of weightlifting to another, um. Instead of a rest point, you're just basically, you done with that set. So you added a set of something different in between time and that's going to, um, it, it is almost cardio to the standpoint, mm-hmm. but it's also going to train your body, um, physically muscle strengths, that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> after a little bit of time, and I'll start adding in more and more to my legs. I'll do, I'll go from body type workouts from like, um, just body squats, now we'll start adding into like actual heavy duty, like bar rack squats. Um, and then from a cardio standpoint, I tend to stick to primarily for me um, and you guys going, it. I know the terrain in Colorado is a little bit heavier. Um, I stick to the stairs. And if I go on a treadmill, I'm not necessarily running. Um, I'll do it as high incline as possible. And I'll walk backwards. Um, the backwards is going to, it's going to add a lot more strain and build your legs up quite a bit more. I don't know if you've ever walked backwards on a treadmill, but, um, it,
2: no, I've not, I've not done that. So you're,
0: it's going to build your foundation quite a bit more. It's also going to build your balance. When you say, when you say
2: foundation though, can you back up and tell me what that means?
0: Foundation, uh, basically your hips, how your hips are going to move, um, your legs, like the strength and core and everything in your legs. Um, And then it's going to train like a posture standpoint. It's going to work on your core, I guess, and then your balance. Um, So when I say foundation, it's basically everything from your core down that's going to hold you together. Um, When you're packing stuff in and moving things around, there's a lot of weight shifting on your back. Even if it's 20 pounds, when that shifts from one side to the next as you're trying to crawl over like deadfall and stuff like that, um, it's going to affect your body. So going backwards or sideways or anything or sideways on a stairmaster or backwards on a treadmill um, at a faster pace, even if it's like, and if you can put a weighted pack on the better, um, because all of that stuff is going to play a key into your, your body's ability to like get on the mountain and, and do different things. I do suggest trekking poles, not necessarily for training, but when you do go, make sure you do have a good pair of those.
2: Yeah, I imagine trekking trekking poles backwards on a stair on a, a treadmill would be would, <laughs> that's going to bring all the chicks over in a yeah. heartbeat. I imagine. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> I get funny looks when I take the pack in and I load up a hundred pounds on the back of a my pack frame and go on the stairmaster. But it's all right. It's what yeah. I'm, I'm preparing for.
2: If you were if you if you were there to impress people, you wouldn't be doing that anyway. So it's it's a different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do do you have any questions thus far? Anything. Um, to...
3: One of my questions is, say you're going out on one of these hunts and you haven't prepared necessarily, and you're out there after day one and you're packing in all that weight and stuff, you're going to be really sore that next day, I would assume. So you're probably, you're almost done after day one because you're not even going to want to do anything lactic acid within the next yeah. couple of days. Um, so right. when you're doing these plans and you're like, okay, you got a certain amount of time um, before you're going to go on X hunt, how much time are you devoting into getting your body ready? Is this like 20 minutes a day or 45 minutes a day? Like how much time do you need to do? So you're going to put your body through basically a week of hell Right. on some of these hunts. So how does someone go from the couch to being able to do that?
0: It's a gradual incline from the start to where you go. So Like a lot of the hypertrophic workouts and stuff that you can get, um, whether I have them, I think one of our, our guides or outfitters are going to put something up, but, uh, the basic ones that you can do, they're going to start you at like 15 minutes. So if you go from like crunches to, uh, pushups, to body squats, to something else, like over and over and over again, you do it three times as many times as you can do it in 15 minutes each time you're doing these intervals. Um, that's only going to be a 45 minute workout, but right now, as I'm getting ready to leave in a, just over a week, when I'm going into the gym, I'm probably close. I'm there close to two hours. Um, and there, there's not a whole lot of rest in between each set. Uh, I'm because everything out here is somewhat flat. I have a little bit more elevation than you guys do. Right. But, um, I know that when I say, for example, when I put a, the elk that I put down last year, my hike out was six miles and I was climbing up something like 2,500 feet of elevation, small Uh, hill, come back to, yeah. And, uh, well, it was fairly flat until you get to this one little spot and then it's like a thousand feet in, in like the distance of half a mile. But, uh, it, um, I know that it's going to be long and, and drawn out and time consuming. And so if your body isn't if you're not training for like a longer period of time, but you're, then you're not going to get there. But I guess you're going to know because your body is slowly going to adapt and you're going to think, oh, that 45 minute workout doesn't really do anything to me anymore. Uh, I can get through it pretty quickly. My body, I guess, moves along easy. So I might as well like extend that out. Maybe do one more set if you can, but eventually you'll build up. So if you start from at 30 minutes, eventually you'll build up to the point where, you can make it the two hours pretty easy, and then you can go about your work day, but it is something that you have to consider so, the overall time of your day that you're going to take to dedicating to it.
2: So the I live in the Deep South, and down here we are incredibly lazy. I'm just going to call it for what it is. It, <laughs> we We don't <laughs> – and I don't mean that in like people don't get out and do things, but to get out and do things, you don't have to really exert yourself too terribly badly, right? I mean realistically right. speaking – if you want to hunt deer, the worst you have to do is is hike 500 yards through mosquitoes uh, to get to your stand. So I am a, a shining example of what fatty deep fried foods and no terrain will do to somebody. I'm grossly overweight, um, fairly I athletic. I wouldn't go that far. I'm 65 pounds. I'm 65 pounds well, You my BMI. You Think you're 65
3: pounds overweight? Well, you can't. You're, take not, BMI. You're, you're, you're not 65 pounds <laughs> overweight.
2: Okay, so i Can we at least agree I'm 30 pounds overweight? I'm, I'm 215. I'm five foot seven. Sure. sure. Okay. All right. So it's not all muscle. <laughs> um, what? What? It, what is? Say you've got a year to prepare. What are those early steps going to look like? Are they going to be those? Those uh, short? Uh, circuit workouts, just trying to uh, knock the fat off. Essentially,
0: it's not even knock the fat off, because um, I know a lot of big guys that can go in there and they can keep up with me. Um, or, well, maybe not me, but for the most part, they can get through most most of the terrain out there. Right. It it is going to start because your body actually, when you gain, I guess, muscle mass, and even if you're losing a, a few pounds of fat, like you, a lot of times people will. Look almost the same, but your the endurance level and what your body's used to taking is is going to increase dramatically. So yeah, those short um, burst type workouts is where you're going to start because it is going to be harder on you. Okay. Um, and then, but you'll quickly notice that even if you're not really seeing a notice when you step on a scale, you'll notice that your body adapts to it. There and that 20 minute workout now can go to 25 after the first like week. And then it can go to 30 after the first two weeks or three weeks or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and so just even starting at like a three day a week standpoint and then making sure to try and shift that to four after maybe about three months. And then, and then eventually it'll lead up to a five day a week plan. A lot of people believe in seven days um, and active recovery, but that's not always possible for everybody who works. Sure. Uh, sure. And, and so you just, but yeah, you're, you're going to start something along the hit workout. I would say your Stairmaster um, intervals is, is probably the best place to start. I don't necessarily, especially out in Florida. I wouldn't recommend going out running outside. That's, <laughs> that's rough. That's all, uh, all I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go out and run outside in Florida, and and I'm not going to tell anybody to go do it either. But, uh, yeah, I mean, starting anywhere from doing – and they can be just subtle intervals on a Stairmaster to the point where you're going at, like, level three, and then you go up to level four for a minute. And then you go back down and then you go to a level five and you go back down because it it is going to take your body a little bit of time to adjust. And I mean, I've even caught myself sometimes in situations where I wasn't ready and I had to get ready in a hurry. Right. But as long as you're, you're starting ahead of time, you can take it slower progressions and you'll be in a lot better shape in the long run.
3: Well, I think you kind of want, don't you kind of want to build like a foundation first if you're prepping for any plan? Like if you can build like a little bit of a fitness foundation is going to set yourself up better um, at the end so you're not getting injured. Because if, say, Walter goes in and he starts working out and he's just hammering it like, oh, I've got an elk hunt in six months and I'm just going to go ahead. I need to be elk ready now. He's going to get hurt, and then he's going to get frustrated. So, like you said, if you're starting out three days a week, that's probably what that person needs to do is just to start out at three days a week, get your body acclimated, and then you can start pushing it harder because, like I said, you you don't want to go in there and get injured right out the rip.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've had so many buddies that they're like, We're, I'm going to get back in shape this year. And they got their New Year's resolution. They have a workout in six months. And then they go in the gym. And the first day they hit, like, a heavy plan. And they hit it hard. And then the next day they can't get out of bed. And <laughs> right. they're just, that's it. And, and they don't want to go back to the gym and it takes them five days to get over this. And then by that time it's over, you're not going to make it. So just the, the smaller, short, yeah, the foundation part of it um, getting your body acclimated to what you're trying to do physically is, is something that you're going to need to, to go with And then food is going to be a huge part of it too, because that's going to change your energy level and what your body, I guess uses and that, some of that deep fried food is not going to be the best. Oh
2: come on, Jeff! You're breaking you my heart, you can man. Get away with it.
0: Moderation, you can get man. away with it. Moderation. <laughs> Moderation, yes. Moderation and multiple meals. Don't do. Um, portion size is probably everybody's biggest problem. Yeah, it's mine. So, it uh, if you can stay consistent with how you're eating, it it's gonna dramatically change how the body is from a lazy standpoint that you mentioned yeah i know I, I fall into it myself like i'll eat two or three meals sometimes and they're just these huge meals and your body doesn't necessarily do very well with that right um it's not gonna you're not gonna have the sustained energy that you need to throughout the day uh because of you're not using stuff properly
2: well let's 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 make a segue here since it's, it's, a, it's a relatively easy one Dietary, uh, the dietary component of preparation is huge. We're, uh, my wife and I, my wife's, a uh, an athlete. I'm kind of a former athlete. I didn't play competitively, but you know, it's, it's, it's part of my DNA and we're, we're going towards the paleo whole food style diet, um, largely because it seems to agree with a high activity lifestyle. It, have you found that to be the case as well? Or is there a different route that you would go? <clears throat>
0: Yeah. So I try and, well, you're going to need to shoot a few deer this year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's on, it's on the docket, my
2: friend.
1: (laughs) uh,
0: But yeah, the, so everybody has their own niche as far as, um, food goes and I'm not going to say one diet's different than another, but whole food nutrition is, is what people need to focus on. Um, people start looking into supplements as a replacement, which is never something that you should do. Your supplements need to be supplemental to your whole food. It's in the word, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you wouldn't, people don't even think that they're like, I can take a miracle pill that is going to make me lose 50 pounds. That's, that's not the case. Um, you're going to have to work for it just like everything else. So if you're not dedicated to it, then don't try. Um, and, but yes, the whole food holistic and you don't even necessarily have to count calories as much as you just want to make sure that you're getting the right amounts of everything every day because fat is not necessarily bad for you which is a misconception across society and I think that's just the big companies that have kind of put that into your mind that it's terrible for you and it's not. Um, but as long as you're, you're staying on the right track, as far as what you're eating from a whole food standpoint, um, supplements really only come in to kind of aid you to reach your goal a little bit faster or reach or get past your goal. Um, but diet is 90% of everything. So would,
2: so let me, let me put you in an odd place here. If you had to, if, if a person comes to you and says, Hey, I'm going Colorado elk hunting, um, no you can't talk me out of a lower elevation type of style hunt maybe um, and they say I can focus either primarily on food or primarily on fitness what where does that put you in, in advising them like little time little they've got little time to work out but perhaps they can focus on their intake does that have any bearing on on how functional their workout will be for them
0: yeah i I would tell people, to focus more on the food side of it because so for example, I know a guy that's out there in Colorado actually that he had uh, major knee surgery and he couldn't really prep and train physically for the mountain. And he was a little bit more overshaped. Um, and so he went into not necessarily strict dieting. It was, um, it, it's flexible eating, uh, where you can still have like an ice cream bar, every day if you want to but as long as you're making sure to get the right portions of everything it's going to put you in a better situation physically because your body is going to use what it needs to um in the right amounts and it's not going to store extra fat or anything like that and i think while he was recovering from knee surgery where he wasn't able to work out he still lost like 25 pounds sweet so by the time he got to the mountain that was that was significant for him to be able to carry a, a lighter load up and down the hills and he was able to do a lot more because you can't out train a bad diet i mean you've probably heard it before it doesn't matter how much you're in the gym if you're eating terribly you're not going to get there um it's, you're still going to have the extra pounds on you're still going to have um <clears throat> fatigue issues um your energy levels are going to be low so i would tell people to focus primarily on their food, um, before they ever, if, if they only had limited time for one or the other.
3: Um, yeah, I would say that. Cause I mean, I'm, I would consider myself in decent shape, but I would say more that anybody is, wouldn't you say consistency is the key to all of it. Like you just have to stay consistent. Um, especially if you're like Walter wanting to lose 30 pounds, it's one of those things where, He needs to kind of, okay, I want to lose 30 pounds. I need to, this is my diet, and this is what I'm going to stick with, not go, I'm going to be paleo this week, I'm going to be keto next week, I'm going to be flexible (laughs) next week. I mean, that's what a lot of people do, and then they're still stuck. He's going to be still 30 pounds overweight once it comes around. So if he can just stay consistent with whatever he he chooses, then I think that's where people end up losing the 30 pounds and keeping it off. Yeah. <clears throat> um, stuff like that. And the same thing in the gym, you got you got to be consistent. Just say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. If you know you can go three times a week and that's all you can go, well, then you just go for three times a week for 20 or 30 minutes. And I think that's going to help you out in the long run for all of it is if you can just keep your diet consistent and keep on a consistent workout plan, you're going to be way better off six months from now or a year from now in Colorado right. than you are if you're just going to try to cram it all in two months before you go.
0: And from a consistent standpoint, it really comes down to creating a habit um because once it, it might sound like a huge pain in the ass when you start um especially from a food standpoint because you're having to watch your portions and you're having to cook more and you're having to pay attention to this and that and, and what your what everything looks like but after a couple of weeks you're you automatically start to figure out oh well that looks like too much food or this and that sort of thing in your body your Your mind kind of clicks over to, it just does it automatically and you're, you're set. But people reach that point after like a week or two weeks where they're like, I haven't seen any progress. And so now I got to go try something else. Well, that's not the case. Uh, It, it, it takes time. I mean, people who are in great shape, that didn't happen overnight. Um, It didn't happen over two months. It didn't happen over five months. So yeah, from a consistency standpoint and sticking to the same thing and understanding that that it will get easier to be able to do all of that stuff. Um, it's just a matter of that three, four week time period where you got to create a habit. And once you create a habit, it's just becomes second nature.
3: Um, I got a question for you. I saw on, like I've seen on the Instagram and stuff like that. You have a saying that says you can't cheat the mountain. W- what does that mean? What does it mean that you can't cheat the mountain?
0: <clears throat> to me, I, I mean, everybody kind of has their own, Opinion of it, but when you get out there on on especially the big terrain out west um, or up there in like Alaska and everything like that, if you basically don't cheat yourself and try to make something happen that you that's not gonna work, the mountain is is unforgiving. It's pretty much the same, and you you have to go into it understanding that if you're not prepared for it, you're not gonna be able to get by. So. If you you're not going to make it over that next ridge or the third ridge or even that one five miles away, if you're not prepared for it, you you can't just half-ass your way into a situation like that. You have to go out there and prepare for it. You you can't cheat around it. There's no way to there's no way to steal answers off of that test. You have to uh, you have to prepare for it, and you have to to dedicate time and effort into it to to actually pass. So that's kind of my opinion
3: of it. okay. So, what what do you do specifically to to prepare? Because I know I've I've listened, and you've you'll go out like on like a twenty day hunt or a two week hunt, um, stuff that really challenges you mentally and physically. So, what do you do specifically to go out on these hunts? Say you're going to Idaho for two weeks. What 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 kind of what would you
0: follow? From a physical standpoint, so I focus on building um well not even necessarily the as much the foundation but my back is probably the biggest issue that I have so hmm. trying to make sure that I train functional body movement um kettlebell workouts are are amazing for that standpoint I'm not super great at them because I've had shoulder reconstructive surgery um but doing full body workouts uh, because it, even though I'm gonna focus or I guess the um, focusing on on your entire body instead of just like one portion of something the the biggest misconception i guess people have is is that if they train their legs three times a week and they don't really worry about their upper body or their back or something like that that they're going to make it out on the mountain that's not the case your whole body has to kind of be in sync um so i usually start with i'll do cardio three days a week but it's not necessarily cardio like running five miles um i I don't even know if I've ran a mile and who knows how long, but it's, it's, um, hit training, um, hypertrophic workouts, um, maybe lower one day might be lower reps or lower weight, high reps. Uh, another day I might be trying to build because my, my, I lose a lot of weight on a hunt and it takes me several months to gain it back. I think i just clipped 200 pounds, which is where I was at when I went on the mountain last year. I lost 20 pounds in that 15 days. Sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not sweet. Yeah. It, I mean, that just – but it, it's it, sweet it, in that it, – it, 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 yeah, yeah, He lost it, his game, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's
2: sweet in that it just goes to show that how, like, brutal that is, you know? Like, sorry, Jeff, I didn't mean to yeah, say no, that all the <laughs>
0: My biggest problem is when I get out there on the mountain, I guess my predator drive kicks in or the competitive nature of myself kicks in. And and I'm not there to lose. And so sometimes I forget to eat. Sometimes I forget to drink water. um, And I just go, 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 go. And then next thing I know, oh, it's dark. Uh, How am I going to get out of here? And I don't have any food, those sort of things. And so your body's burning. You have to understand what your body's going to be I guess exerting every single day and I don't always take that into consideration when I eat throughout the day. Um, And then it'll, yeah, it just wipes my body away. I think on film last year, you can actually, you can physically see my face getting thinner on camera and it's like, I I didn't catch it and probably till day 12 and I was like, Oh my goodness. Um, But yeah, your, your body from a mental standpoint, that's very difficult to, you know, people i guess just any hunter you can understand like there's a mental issue that you're going to bring on but when you add in the physical attributes of it it's um it's a whole nother story
2: so i am looking at this and and i you know i've been i've been following you closely since uh tyler turned me on to what you're doing um and you're pretty much a monster in every category right like you've got the fitness down you've got the diet down you've been working at this for quite some time I'm looking at it from someone who is, I'm getting my toes into this, and I'm sure there's I'm dipping my toes into Western hunting specifically, you know, like backcountry hunting. Um, and I look at this, and I feel like I've got so many irons in the fire just being a normal human that I kind of have to prioritize what I'm doing. And, and to do so, I've kind of done like a, um, a self-evaluation. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. I've noticed that, you know, obviously my cardio is way, way, way out of out of out of sync and I can handle that with stair stepper and stuff like that, but um, instead of just, you know, relying on running, but I have very weak shoulders and I have a very weak core. You know, I have a podcast, I work a normal job, and I'm studying for my CPA. So the way I look at this is I can't really put twenty ou- two hours a day, three, four, five days a week, into the gym. It's just it's not something I can work in. But I can right. probably work in smaller segments is it better for someone to to focus on their weak points going into this to improve if those correlate with a backcountry hunt
0: yeah so obviously you got to start with diet i had a guy that the, the guy that hunted with me a couple years ago that he lost like 70 pounds prior to our hunt and he did great but he never went to the gym um, he would have done better had he gone, but he just didn't have the time uh, and didn't have that available to him to right. actually go into the gym. So when you, from a, your weak standpoint, I wouldn't necessarily go towards focusing on your back and your core until you've got your foundation, you've got your eating habits and everything taken care of. So gotcha. your legs are going, your legs. Yes. Everybody wants to focus on legs and that's a huge deal. Um, So making sure that you have your legs underneath you uh, and your lungs, because your lungs are going to catch up early. And even if your, your, your legs are your biggest muscles. And so that's going to affect how your body, I guess, transitions into everything anyways. So as far as a core and shoulder standpoint, that might not be something that you need to focus on until six months from now or or four four months prior to the hunt, because you can build that stuff up somewhat quickly. Okay. Uh, I would, primarily focus on on your your foundation standpoint and your lungs and and your food before i would go into some of those other weaker areas
2: i feel like another thing that i've never heard anybody discuss when it comes to physically preparing for backcountry hunting is 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 uh stretching routines is that just not like if you're an inflexible person does that just not uh, affect you in the backcountry? Or is that just something that everybody assumes they don't need to talk about? I mean, it just seems like with lactic acid buildup, like yoga preparation ahead of time and, and working on that, uh, being a flexible person, <clears throat> wouldn't that correlate to being better equipped to, to deadfalls, per se? You know, you're constantly having to throw your legs over deadfalls.
0: It would, and, and actually that's um... – I'm so now that you say that I haven't really heard anybody talk about it either. and I don't really think about it, but I do do a lot of stretching before and after primarily after, um, because then it kind of lets everything move throughout your body a little bit better. It's not focused on one specific spot. Um, but yes, the, from a stretching standpoint and, and I can't do yoga personally, but, uh, <laughs> shoulders and back can't handle it. Sure. But, um, yes being able to i guess maneuver and that kind of goes along the way the same way that i was talking about balance um the more that your core and your legs and and your body's ability to move around it's going to help you once you get out there so the the stretching standpoint i guess um, especially after workouts not necessarily before Uh, a lot of people talking about I've never – I guess even going back to, like, training during football and, and baseball and stuff like that, nobody was ever really focused on stretching beforehand. It was always afterwards um, that they did it. But that was – that's actually a good point. I'm glad you brought that up.
2: I'm done for the day. I have found my good point for the podcast. I'm just going <laughs> to walk away. No, I'm kidding. But no, it's just it's interesting because, you know, like the Dallas Cowboys during the 80s, you know, ballet was something that they were, you know, encouraged to take for flexibility and whatnot. And I was thinking about it from a fitness standpoint, I've never heard anybody speak to the merits of stretching. So I'm glad that maybe that's a, cause I'm incredibly stiff. Like I am, I think I've touched my toes naturally, maybe like three times in my entire life. I mean, like I am, I'm a stocky, like Scotsman style person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, t- I tell people I'm fifteen and like, ha 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 ha. Okay. Real funny. You know? Um, yeah. But I think that comes with that is, you know, being a flexible person, I am, I am not. Well,
3: if you get out on a workout routine, yeah. lose 30 pounds. There you go. Stay consistent, then that's obviously going to be a lot easier for you. Yeah, that's true. Less less stomach
2: to bend over and touch my toes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even from a stretching standpoint, that's going to give you the balance that, that is important. Because stretching, is, it does help your core out okay from a certain standpoint um it, but balance is your biggest issue uh balance is my biggest issue on the mountain and, and nobody ever talks about that either so if you can do yoga i, I mean i'm not going to recommend ballet but hey if the cowboys did it and they won all those super bowls go for it yeah uh, <laughs> i know my team wasn't winning super bowls back then and they still aren't so
2: which <laughs> <It's too laughs> out of curiosity and what's your pro team
0: Protein Titans.
3: Ah, okay. Tennessee. I was
0: an Oilers fan growing up. Houston okay. uh, Houston Oilers, and the Rockets, and then I just followed them over to, to got Nashville. You.
2: Got you, got you. Well, so. it, unless either of y- y'all uh, have something to add specifically to what we're talking about, I'd kind of like to make a like a, a transition to uh, a different topic.
3: Um, The only thing I had was, is I'd, I heard you mention before that you said that you go out on a lot of hunts and a lot of people couldn't hang with you the entire time. So I was just waiting for that invitation to get, hey, um, this is a challenge for you to come out here and hang with me uh, on a hunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see how you do in Colorado first. It's just a... Uh, it's well, this isn't
3: is Walter. This is, this is this That's is just, this Chase, Chase. He, He's not going okay, to Colorado. So been he, out there. Yeah. Oh,
0: Okay. It, I'm not uh,
3: 215 at five foot seven <laughs> <laughs> I'm six foot 180
0: okay so yeah I'm six foot 200 right now but uh, yeah I used to yeah, I just... was
3: 200 I've been doing a lot of running and stuff here so I'm down in the 180s I'm, I'm trying to run a marathon in February um, oh. that's one of my goals um, and I still I'm still working out I still do... Well, I do a ton of push-ups every day, and then I still I do squats, deadlifts, um, stuff like that. Some of all like the, the compound lifts, um, yeah, things like that. But I mean, I'm not preparing to go out on a backcountry hunt mm-hmm. yet. Um, I mean, I'd like to be, but I'm not for <laughs> yeah. this season in particular. Maybe next season. Um, so I, I was just messing with you because you I'd, I'd heard you say that no, usually no one hangs with you that long because it's it's so tough out there, mainly probably mentally as well. Um, the,
0: the mental, the mental aspect of it is a, is a nightmare, especially a lot of the stuff that I hunt, um, and, and this is going into like your e-scouting sort of a thing, you know, where you're going to go. A lot of stuff that I hunt is, is a lot of rocks, a lot of deadfall, um, because of a burn that had happened.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: like, I had a buddy who I think he was in good enough physical shape that he could have made it, but we had rain the second day. And he went down hard like three or four times um, trying to get over deadfall. And that was it. He just snapped. He lost it. Let's get out of here. I'm done. And he went home. So I was by myself for another five days after that. Um, it's just from a – that is a mental issue and a mental hurdle, which I, I honestly – I can't – really even explain to people how to get over it or how to deal with it because just hunting those type of animals and everything that goes wrong in a single day um is one thing and then when you're adding in the physical issues of it and and whatnot the mental is is a whole nother story
3: sounds- but is it
0: you could make it um a lot of people could probably make it with me it's just that i'm one of those guys where I just if I see something that I'm interested in I just go and some people are like no man I I can't get out of there I don't know about that and if I I always pack like two or three days rations with me because there's a chance that I might get stuck down in there and I'm just going to sleep under a tarp and most people can't handle that mentality and that mindset of it It, so
2: it, it sounds like if we could ever get a Jeff Cam Haynes crew together, there would be no tag left
3: unfilled. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I you just gotta keep hammering, right? Just keep hammering.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I just you do.
0: I I I can't stop and I'll there's been more than a time where I've driven from my base camp and gone to somewhere where I have enough service that I could get online and I could push my flight back. So that way I have like three or four more days Whoa. to make sure that I can get it done. Um, I did fail last year. I missed for the first time every, or ever with a bow, and uh, that, to the that club. was too much. Yeah, so that, that was pretty rough. I missed a five-point bull at like 62 yards. And, oh, is this
2: the one you were telling me about the other day with, uh,
0: with the elevation? Oh, no, that was the one. So I didn't miss him. I hit him. The arrow is still in his antler. (laughs) I can't believe it didn't explode. No. I mean, I thought I hit a tree, and he stood there and didn't move. And we got another arrow off, and uh, he went down. And then when I was searching for him, I'm seeing there were the binos. I see two arrows sticking up out of the ground. I get up there, and I hit him square right in the middle of the one antler on the far side. Nice. But uh, I count that as a hit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he hit him. Uh, it, it stunned him enough that that was good. But, no, I missed the bull last year. He he took a step when uh, – and this was in November. I was archery hunting elk in November, which is a whole different world. Um, and he took a step right as I was letting the arrow go, and I shot just underneath him. But that was uh, – I, I extended my flight, I think, twice to make sure that I could try and put one down, and I, I couldn't. I failed. But – that was that
2: was it. Taking a step away from the fitness component of it, for for Flatlanders going out west from the hunting, the actual preparing for the hunt itself. What do you think is the number one thing uh, we don't take into consideration when we're planning our hunts over there? So we got our diet down, we got our fitness down, we look just like you. What what is it that you most often see Flatlanders or East Coast hunters forget to think about when they go out west? That's a tough one.
0: Um,
2: I don't ask easy questions now.
0: This is. This <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna. It, Tyler might be better equipped to, to answer this when he gets back. But yes, uh,
2: true. It, 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 That's
0: it's it's. That's already gonna in the works too. To like, it, it's, <laughs> it's gonna have to come down to like rations and what what you think you're gonna have in your pack versus what you actually take. Most people are gonna overpack, um, and then. To take into consideration, I mean, when you're out here in a tree stand, the there's only one thing that the wind is going to do. You can't really get out in front of the animal. You can't. You're not used to like shifting and swirling winds. Um, you're not the actually understanding like thermals and how the air shifts in the morning to the evening to the afternoon, um, and and what those animals are doing because it, it, I have to pattern animals when i get out there and i figure out what they're doing in a hurry before i try and go in after them right and i'll stay out i'll stay out way late into the night especially for elk so that way i can hear where they're at what they're doing um those sort of things and and i guess that type of animal moves and they move quickly and they move a long ways um and so you're that's going to go down to the mental aspect where you just when something goes wrong like they man that's over now you got to go find a whole different herd right you got to right. go try and figure that out it's that especially it ha- it has to do with the mental it's that's all there's going to be to it because that animal you could kick that animal and now they're five miles away and you're like oh man it took me three days to find that elk and now they're five miles away so what do i do now and you're starting from scratch and so it um that's probably the one thing that they don't understand is is the the space that's out there and how far they can travel and what they're going to do is uh that's a trying to understand that is is going to set you back
2: yeah i think that's my uncle's been kind of trying to get through to me on some different things i'm not really a stubborn person but i think being that you're east coast being that i'm east coast i can't really fathom what's you know like what i'm i'm walking into or up out there um you know one of the things he's described to me is that uh the lack of oxygen and that struggle tends to take east coast people and kind of turn them into angry monsters uh he doesn't (laughs) he 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 attributes it to just basically
3: being unable to perform
2: when you really want to right like it manifesting into
3: you know anger now, when you're saying lack of oxygen, you're talking about just being at altitude, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because, yeah. The, because the oxygen content doesn't change. It's and just you really thinner can't hair. prepare for that yeah. down here. And everyone takes to it differently, right. from what I understand. Some people can't take it at all, and then other people does not right. seem to affect them.
0: Right. Right. And, and that's why, so like my first couple of days are just spent trying to get my lungs underneath me. So I generally plan to have a couple extra days on my hunt because I. The chances of me actually getting out there and being able to perform in the first two is is slim um, to get in and out of some of the places that I need to go. And so, yeah, I do, I do take time for my body to get acclimated to the elevation, the temperature change, um, everything. Because you could bundle up in the morning and it'd be cold and the air's heavy. And then by the afternoon, it's 70 degrees and you're trying to shed everything, trying to get moving and, and uh yeah the the lack of oxygen i guess is is uh the thinner air is going to make a difference the other thing that people forget is is water um especially when you're huffing and puffing because you, the air is thinner and you're you're working harder um people a lot of times will go through more water which is not bad except for the fact that they run out like two-thirds of the way through their hike and now you're struggling yeah um, so I always make sure to have like two different water filters with me, and if I can, if I know I'm down to like halfway, and I, there's a stream right there, I'll go fill up, just because I don't know what's going to happen. So, okay, take take water filters. That's Got yeah, that's the most the hydration. Take stuff. water filters and an apple. If I was going to say there's one thing, and I've tried to say this before, and people are think I'm crazy, but the uh, the one piece of equipment that I have in my bag at all times is like probably two apples why um, because an apple is one of the few foods that that's not gonna like bruise and i guess get all squished and, and cause issues but when i've ran out of water in the past in bad situations an apple gives you water it gives you sugar um it, and it just like replenishes your body in a hurry um that's that's I've badass had, okay I've had a couple situations fiber. where I could barely move, um, trying to get out of somewhere. And I've sat down, I take like a 30 or 40 minute break. And if I have an apple, like it just, just the rest alone helps. But the apple is is a quick spike in your sugar and it, it's going to add to the water. And I've been out of water in situations where, and that's, that's the one thing that I ha- I don't eat apples normally. But if I don't have one in my pack, then I messed up.
2: Gotcha. That's neat. I'm going to do that. Pro that's tip. A, that's pro a, tip. a pro tip 2 273 right there.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Jeff, I you know, I would be remiss if I did not give you an opportunity to uh talk about the website that you're that you're working on that that houses uh far more than what we've discussed here with from a a knowledge standpoint. Um would you would you be so kind as to kind of tell everybody what you're what you're developing and Uh, where to find you what kind of information they could find there
0: yeah so um we kind of mentioned earlier built to hunt so it's it's the the middle word there is the number two actually because there's there's two of us that own it um i i kind of started developing the plan about a year ago a little more than a year ago um because in the outdoor industry it's um it's heavily pushed by celebrities as far as the supplement and, and fitness standpoint go. And because everybody's different and every bot or like your body reacts differently to different things, um, somebody taking this product might not benefit it as much as if they were to use some other brands products. But the problem is, is that in the outdoor industry, the marketing and advertising and, and and research and everything isn't quite there and it's really noisy so everybody want to talk about this supplement or this product or that product or anything just because it helps somebody doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help you right so we originally i set out to be kind of like a, a retail and resource platform that allowed people to go to it and look at the different supplement products that are in the industry and what they do for you and how they help and then allow people to understand maybe that their body type is different than this person's body type. And then they can choose the right product for them. Um, we have their supplements that are on the, the website that they don't even really have to like focus on weightlifting or gaining weight or losing weight or anything like that. It's more focused on like hydration and energy when you get out there and you're, you're on the mountain. Um, they, it stacks up and gives you extra vitamins, uh, minerals, um, your it brings in more water content um it's better for you than gatorade those sort of things gatorade's actually not good for you so if you are drinking gatorade at, take that for a workout, no. uh, <laughs> i'm not a gatorade fan uh me either a bunch of, but um yeah You're so there. there there's a lot of different products that are out there that people don't even know about and so we We started with that line and then we worked our way into like, um, like nutrition and meals for, I guess, not only for preparing, but also for when you go out on the mountain, because I personally cannot eat a mountain house at all. I think it tastes like cardboard. Um, everybody wants to go buy all their mountain house products for the backcountry hunting and so forth. And I I can't do it. I can't eat them. Um, and so we, there's a lot better like whole food options or grass fed beef options. I know you had talked about paleo. There's, there's a, there's paleo meals, um, that sort of thing from a hunting standpoint and then nutrition bars and content, um, from there. And then we, we started adding to it. So as I started to look around, there's different fitness plans and, just be like you see these fitness plans that people are on out there what they're showing out there they some of them are only built for western hunting and but to be in shape you don't have to be going out west to be in shape or to even want to be in shape like it it's something that crosses over across the entire united states so if you're a hunter or outdoorsman or anything like that we try to i guess we wanted to to market to everybody in that aspect of it. Um, so there's fitness plans that are just focused on foundation or full body movements or anything like that, just for the person that wants to be healthy and, and not necessarily be the couch potato anymore. Um, and then as it started to develop uh, that, that's your mainstay part of it. But I was approached by a company, um, talking about how, the out or the fitness industry really hasn't crossed over completely into the hunting market yet or the outdoor market. And that, and they explained to me that the hunting population is, is not growing. So there's a misconception out there that, that hunting is becoming more popular um, and it's not. And so when you look at it from a fitness standpoint, there's a lot of people, the fitness industry is massive um, and the clean eating and whole foods and that sort of thing. There's a lot of people out there that can benefit from the meat and everything that that comes from hunting, but they don't know how to get started. And so we began working with some companies and and looking into options to be able to bring people from the fitness industry and introduce them into hunting um, to kind of grow the hunting population because of the issues behind it. We're going to lose a lot of conservation dollars over the next 10 years. Um, And so that's where, to me, that's what the word or the phrase bridge the gap is necessarily meaning is being able to introduce the two industries and and bring them together because they can work together so well from all sorts of different angles and we can bring a lot new or a lot more people into the outdoor industry so it there's a lot of directions and avenues that are going on on the website if you go there it's huge um you can read everything from articles from people like you if you wanted to document your journey to getting in shape to going on your elk hunt like you can submit that story and people can go on and read it. So that way it's not just somebody pumping you from some company. Um, and, but then there's a lot of, a lot more information out there to try and get people headed in the right direction based on what their body is and, and what they want to do, what their goal is. Um, and try and help everybody from multiple different areas instead of just focusing on one product and one thing out there and one thing only.
2: That's awesome. I I actually really appreciate the idea that uh, you seem to not favor just one brand. Like, that was a, you know, when Tyler was like, hey, you need to have this guy on. And I went and looked. I was like, okay, let's see what this guy's all about. And there's a lot of guys that go out there and they're brand loyal and they, they pimp one product. And realistically speaking, everybody knows that one product doesn't fit everybody. Otherwise, there wouldn't be three different makers of trucks and, you know, Uh, So, I'm really happy to see someone just put the knowledge out there for people. You know, these are the products that that (coughs) I know to work for people. Here they are. Find the one that works best for you. You know, like, it it was very refreshing.
0: The the big thing there to me is, like, yes, I have the product that I like to use. I have the company that I like to use. But that doesn't mean that somebody like you should be using it. Right. Um, And so... <clears> that to give that whole unbiased opinion towards things is important. And then I know that the dietitian or the nutritionist, she's about to become a dietitian that is working on providing a bunch of content for us. Um, she's more about whole food. So she's even skipping like really focusing on the, the supplement side. We will have a lot of stuff out there. So to help people understand like what's in the supplements and, and what each thing does. Cause most people don't even realize there's like six different, types of protein out there um and each one does different things and your body takes them in differently and so you can go you can understand the different types of proteins and and how to or the different types of pre-workouts and what's in pre-workouts and all those sort of things um and so that was kind of important but then from a supplement industry side and the meal side and everything we we focus on companies that even not necessarily even ones that are in the the outdoor industry but when we bring somebody in we we kind of do a vetting process where we talk to them we have to make sure that they support the hunting industry they're not just saying yeah you can you can sell our products or you can put our products up there because we want to make a dollar um they have to understand kind of what our back-end goal is and introducing people to hunting and they they are okay marketing us or in um and what we do because there is so much of an issue out there. So, so many people have problems with hunting and, yeah. and everything else. And if they're not going to back you, then why have them on there? Um, so, and we donate to conservation portions of every sale go that direction. And so they have, we have to make sure that they're okay with that, that they stand behind the second amendment, all those sort of things. So those are questions that we ask to the companies before they even get involved um, to make sure that it is something that, that's helping the whole industry like period so if there's a company that comes to me that that uh, they just want to be in there for the money then but they don't support it and they wouldn't they won't i guess let us label them as a an outdoor supporter or product or wouldn't wouldn't um, promote us on their end then there's no reason to have them on there
2: right so so where where can people find you
0: um, me personally or the, the website and everything?
2: Let's, let's give it a, let's give them all the information, man. Too much information is a good, is a good thing in my opinion. Uh, well,
0: sometimes, <laughs> um, it depends, but so built on.com with the number two in the middle of it is, is your website. So, you can go there, scan through everything from the store to the resources to training plans. There's free training plans. There's there's paid ones that are more focused on different things. In your case, um, there's uh, there's stepping stale plans. There's one that starts with like your foundation. And then after you're done with that six-week plan, you can go on to a different plan that, that builds on what that started. Um, so if you're in the long haul for it, then you can start with one and kind of proceed up the tier. Um, and then when you go, there's like an about, or there's a community section where you can go in and and that's where the people can submit their own stories and posts. And that's going to expand quite a bit in the near future. And then the about us page is going to tell you everything from me to the guys that have helped me start this. So there's about six other guys, five other guys from videographers to people who used to be bodybuilders to, um, just, traditional style hunters i know the one guy miguel i don't think he's been in a gym in i don't know 15 years but he's probably the best hunter of all of us and he goes farther than i go but he gets prepared every year and so asking him questions about how he goes about it is a good way to to do things but um and then as far as like social media um built to hunt uh, has its own instagram but it's uh built and then the number two and then hunt and then underscore co so built the hunt company um and then myself is relentless hunter with the hunter is hntr and then underscore 208 so most of my content is out there out west until this year because now i finally have properties to hunt whitetail so i'll be trying to shoot whitetail this year (laughs) i get a little annoyed sitting in tree stands but hey it's Mm. uh i don't have the patience and which is, I guess, another issue with the Western hunting, but, um, but yeah, so you can kind of follow each guy that you'll see on there. Um, you can click on the link and it'll take you to their social media profiles and you can go ahead and follow them. Some of them are involved more with, you know, cunning than others. And then we have a couple other guys that I guess you would call the flatlanders that are more Turkey guys. And then our guide, we have a guiding outfitter that'll answer a bunch of questions for everybody. His name's Sam. um, he actually just got off the mountain yesterday for a little bit. He said the elk aren't talking, but he uh, he's headed back up. He'll disappear for another three weeks before he's back in service. But then he does. A, he got his start doing whitetail, so he actually travels all over the, the Midwest and the East and does um, seminars and everything like that with Cabela's and Bass Pro for, for whitetail hunting. So he has a well-rounded bit of information for everybody.
2: Right on, man well right on listen i appreciate you taking the time to talk i have taken up entirely too much of your time i didn't did not oh, anticipate to take to, to, for this to go uh quite as long as it did but there was so much information there that i couldn't help but just continue to chase it dude i, I really appreciate you
0: thanks uh, i i appreciate it. it was good to have or good to be on here um But yeah, feel free to shoot out with any questions or anybody can kind of hit me up. I try to help as many people as I can if they want to send me direct questions through social media. Um, When I have time, I have another job, so I probably work 70 hours a week. But we uh, I'll try to get back to people as I can and they can go through the website and email into customer service or call into customer service and stuff, too. So, um, yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man. Hang on one second. I'm going to wrap this up, but I want to chat with you afterwards.
0: All right, sounds
2: good. Guys, this is another great episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you can't tell by all the knowledge and and how enjoyable it was to, to, to listen to Jeff, you can tell he's got a cool beard. It's a big, thick one just like mine. You need to go follow him just on that principle alone. Uh, but I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, be sure to go follow Built to Hunt. Check out what Jeff's building. You're really going to appreciate it. And if you don't mind, go and leave a rating or review. Let me know what you think about this podcast. I'd love to have Jeff on in the future to maybe dig into some of this a little more uh, narrowly uh, on topic and kind of build on things. Let me know if you liked it. Leave a review. Send me a screenshot with your address, and I will send you a decal, my way of saying thanks. And until next time, y'all get outside and have a blast.